0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, it is absolutely amazing to see what God's doing through Faith Church and um, just just the thousands of dollars, the incredible influence in so many regions and so many countries around the world. And... um, I want to really thank you personally on behalf of Renee and I and your public church family, extended family up on the Gold Coast. Um, Two years ago, you all very generously sowed into a brand new baby church plant on the northern part of the Gold Coast called Public Church. And we started with 12 people in our lounge room. And as of last weekend, we just celebrated our two-year birthday We've seen over 150, uh, not just young people, we've seen 150 people make a decision for Jesus Christ. And we're now a church community of around 500 people having an incredible influence and an impact on the northern part of the Gold Coast. So much so that the largest school on the Gold Coast is literally around the corner from us. We started in a high school. We've just recently moved to a brand new Westfield, which is now the central hub of the whole northern part of the Gold Coast and it has an event cinemas attached to it. We are in cinema number three meeting every single Sunday afternoon, packing that out, seeing more lives changed but there's a school just around the corner. It has a capacity of two and a half thousand young people. It currently has about 1,800 and we are bringing the full gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ into that school on a weekly basis they open up their school assemblies it's probably the highest needs school in the whole of the Gold Coast and in fact not only that we don't have any offices or anything yet we meet in cafes and different places but the great thing is that the school is so blown away by our generosity and our investment of resource human resource our youth pastors our youth leaders they're so blown away that they've given us our own office on the Friday afternoon where we go in and any kid that's got a problem, is stressed out, anxious, they come and we've got a whole team of volunteer youth leaders that serve that school every single week, all day Friday. And then we had the youth program there that night, which is absolutely amazing. So I wanna thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Sometimes when you hear all these stories and the enormity of all the money that's going to be such a blessing, let, let me just break this down is that there's a human story behind every single one of these statistics. And there's this one young girl, her name is Sam. I won't say her surname. Her name is Sam. Everyone say, Sam. Sam. Sam serves us the best coffee on the Gold Coast week in, week out around our staff meeting. And she would come around and she is not a Christian at this point in time, and she's listening to our story, she's listening to our, our. she's eavesdropping actually, which I wasn't very comfortable about. I was like, is that girl like listening to our, like are these secret staff meeting minutes? She's listening, and she was just hovering around all the time, can I help you, can I serve you? Well, she eventually plucked up the courage to say, are you guys a part of a church? It's thought, very interesting that you asked that. Yes, we are. We've got a brand new church down at the Westfield. Why don't you come and be a part of it? She visits. Unbeknownst to us, she had a different partner almost every weekend. She was out partying. She was hitting up substance abuse, drinking alcohol, copious amounts, and really struggling with her life and about direction and where she was going, hanging out with the wrong crowd. Well, I literally barely finished my uh, salvation message and she came down the front and gave her life to Jesus, which is absolutely amazing. The next week, her brother comes along. He comes down the front and gives his life to Jesus, which is absolutely amazing. Then the twin brother comes down about three weeks later, gives his life to Jesus. Then his brother's wife and kids give their life to Jesus. And then the mum gives their life to Jesus. So the whole household has been saved and is a part of our church community. Two of them have gone through the Youth Alive Academy and they're both now youth leaders in our brand new baby born youth ministry, reaching young people on a weekly basis, giving back into the community. I really want to thank you so much for contributing and doing what you're doing. It's absolutely amazing. Can we give it up for Pastor Matt and Frank Hines? They are absolute (laughs) heroes in the faith. I love you guys. Proverbs says, He who walks with the wise becomes wise, for a companion of the fools suffers harm. I've avoided a lot of harm by hanging around with such wise people. And um, Pastor Matt and Franco have been wise counsel in very pivotal moments. Um, in renaissance, my ministry and family life, marriage—all the the uh, above—and I really want to thank you and honour you for all that you're doing, not just here in this church, but your influence right around the whole nation and across the globe. Let's give it up for Pastor Matt and Franca. Now. I think the last time I was here, I was on holidays and I went to a football match and I snuck in on the PM service. Now I had a hoodie on, I had a backpack on, I walked in about halfway through, I think it was a very special anointing service, people were praying, and I didn't know, but there was two bouncers that were watching me, Robert and Uni, and, uh, Richard sorry, Richard and Uni, and they, they were peering at me and I went and sat right behind <laughs> right behind Pastor Matt, as a dear friend, and I went and sat right over here behind. Next thing, these two strapping big guys come up to me like, are you right, mate? I'm like, yeah, of course I'm right. I'm here to worship. He's like, what's in the backpack? <laughs> they thought I'd... It's probably not a funny joke these days with all that goes on, but they were really concerned that I was going to blow up Pastor Matt and Franka and the church. So... So that wasn't the warmest welcome, but at least you know you are very safe worshipping in this place, very safe in this church, especially with uni as the bodyguard of Pastor Matt, all right? Okay, there we go. Who's happy to be in church this morning? Who loves Jesus? Who's thankful for all that He's doing in their lives? Well, I'm excited to get into the Word, and I'm gonna, we're going to have some fun this morning. Now I wanna to talk to you about the fire, fire of God. There's many attributes and many facets and, and many perspectives of, of God and His character, but I really want us to focus this morning on the fire of God. I've had amazing encounters in the presence of God where literally I've been changed in a moment. You, we have the big dramatic ones from time to time. I know I'm really I'm believing with you that next week at conference, Those moments are going to happen for many, many of us and many, many of you. That it's going to be an amazing time encountering the presence of God. But we need to practice the presence of God. We need to continue to walk in the presence of God. We need to continue to house the fire of God and continue to allow His presence and His fire to do incredible works within our lives. So we see here in Exodus 3, 2-6, there the angel of the Lord appeared to him, this is Moses, in flames of fire from within a bush. And then Moses saw that through the bush, was, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and I will see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush saying, Moses, Moses and Moses said here am I says do not come any closer take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground everyone say holy ground ground. then he said I am the God of your father the God of Abraham, Isaac and the God of Jacob and at this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God we see here the fire of God coming to Moses let's have a look here in Exodus chapter 19 verse 18 Mount Sinai was covered with smoke. Everyone say smoke. Because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like the smoke from a furnace and the whole mountain trembled violently. The fire of God. Revelation 1:14 to 16 talks about Jesus and in, in being seen. He says, The hair of his head was white like wool and as white as snow and his eyes were like blazing fire one more Luke chapter 3 verse 16 says John answered this is John the Baptist I baptize you with water but one who is more powerful than I will come the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with everyone say fire. fire the presence and the fire of God See, I love the fact this morning when I came in and we begin to worship, you could sense the presence of God. We've got to continue to cultivate an environment, not just in church services, but we need to continue to cultivate a lifestyle where we value the presence and the fire of God. See, many things happen when we're in the presence of God. Many things happen when we allow the fire of God into our lives. We see some incredible things. My first point this morning is, is that fire refines. Excuse me for one sec. As you can see, I've got ADD, triple D, plus plus. I need, I can't be encumbered. I've got to walk around. The fire of God Refines us. We see here in Zechariah 13, verse 9, I will bring that group through the fire and I will make them pure. I will refine them like silver and purify them like gold. I know we're doing a lot of scriptures here, but I really want us to set this up because when the fire of God comes and we open up our heart, we open up our life, and we're intentional about making sure that we're creating space for the presence of God in our lives, incredible things happen. We see here that I will refine them like silver and purify them like gold and they will call on my name and I will answer them. And I love this. And I will say these, these right here, they are my people and they will say, you will say, you are my God. The fire of God refines the fire of God refines. We see here that they're using the illustration in this passage so so carefully, so intentionally to reference silver and gold. We see that silver and gold, when they're refined, now I'm no expert, but I've done a little bit of research on this. When you're purifying gold, you have to put it under intense fire. And when you put it under intense fire, all of a sudden the impurities begin to rise to the surface of that intense moment where it's being put under intense amounts of fire and of heat. And at that time when all the impurities, they rise to the surface, they're skimmed off the top, it's taken out again, and then it's put back into the fire to go under the intense scrutiny and the process all over again. Now we see here that when we rate and we value and we look at the preciousness of the gold material, we see that we can start at 10 10 carats. Who's got a 10 carat gold ring? Don't put your hand up. But a 10 carat gold ring is not as refined as a 24 karat gold ring the difference is is the scrutiny and the amount of time that the heat has been applied over and over and over and over again so much so that in our own personal walk with god that we shouldn't shy away from the fact that god is sometimes allowing some heat to come on our lives Rather than always blaming the devil, maybe God's wanting to actually put His finger on an area in a relationship, an area in the life of our our character, an area in the life of our faith or unbelief, an area in the life of our insecurity. And if that moment keeps coming up time and time again, it's not something that we should look at negatively. It's something that we should actually be celebrating because He's refining us. I love the fact that There's this beautiful story. It's so eloquent the way it's told. I won't read it out for time. But this lady talks about how she had an interview with a silversmith, someone who deals in silver and finds silver jewellery. And she began to ask him about the process of how it would transpire. And she asked this question, Do you ever take your eyes off of the silver when it's in that purifying and refining process? He says, Not for a moment. So there he is as the master overseeing, making sure his eyes don't look off that process whatsoever. And then she says, how do you know when the refining process has actually been fulfilled and it's taken place? He says, there's a moment in time as a silversmith, when I'm looking into that silver, when it's under intense scrutiny, it's under intense heat. At that moment in time, I can actually see the reflection of my face as I look." upon the process that's pretty cool hey God's image being reflected back at the moment where we've been refined such a powerful point right there let's not shrug off being refined let's not enter into the fire and the presence of God let's allow the fire and the presence of God to refine us You know what I love about this passage is it's all about refinement. It's all about refining. It's not about destroying. It's not about uh, uh, destruction. It's not about incineration. It's not about snuffing that thing out. It's allowing the refining process to go on. Can I take this a little bit further? Give me a wave. Are you alive out there? you are looking amazing this morning, turn the person next to you and say, you are looking radiantly beautiful this morning. Some men are blushing. We see here that the great plague, the great bubonic plague peaked for about 18 months where 65 to potentially Over 100,000 people in London, the great town of London in the 1600s were actually, actually died from the bubonic plague at its absolute peak, the great plague. Thousands had died previously, but it was running rampant so much so that one in four in London perished from this incredible sickness, from this illness that was wiping out London. What they couldn't fathom is that how was this thing going to stop? And in the midst of it all, in 1966, it was recorded that the great fire of London gutted the whole of the city. It started out slow in central London, but then it began to spread as, as there was other different things. There was gunpowder, there were certain wooden barns, there was a whole range of, um, of combustible Things that 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 made the fire accelerate to such a point that 80% of London was burnt to the ground. That had the bubonic plague, losing family members. Thankfully, not many died from the actual fire; they were able to be they, they were able to escape. But as if things couldn't get any worse, 80% of the town was city was burnt to the ground. What happened from that point on, though, is the death rate of the bubonic plague begin to plateau and actually diminished to the point where it's not even around up until this point in day or isolated incidents. What had actually happened is the fire as it went through begin to incinerate and burn all the rats. On the rats they were carrying a lice that was spreading the bubonic plague amongst humanity to the point where it was accelerating at such a rap- rapid rate. That, that was seeing all the amount of deaths, but all the rats died and perished in that fire, therefore cleansing the city of all of the impurities, bringing health and vitality back and bringing restoration back. It took a building process. We need to allow the fire of God to refine us. We've got to continue to open up our hearts. And right now you might see things potentially looking like they're burning to the ground. But God's at work within that. He's doing a refinement process. And rather than than argue with God, why don't we just allow Him, just allow Him to come and breathe and and do the work that He wants to do. We see here that we need to be careful when God's refining us, when we're going after His presence, that we're not just into behavior modification. God's not just into behavior modification where it seems to be this external process that it seems like, wow, look what God's doing in their life. God's into heart transformation. He wants to change us from the inside out. I love the fact that this is the year of the soul. I love the fact that the conference next week is all geared around God doing stuff within. Because when God transforms us from the inside out, it outworks and we can see the fruit, the Bible says. You can see their fruit by what's going on on the inside, what's going on in the heart. There were two gardeners. With these two gardeners, we could see that, that they had two trees. And with these two trees, we could see that their leaf was deteriorating and was actually dying on the, on, on the tree, on the branch the first gardener quickly scurried over when he saw that people were identifying that the the, the leaves were dying begin to trim all of the leaves off and as he begin to trim all the leaves off all the dead all the dead leaves begin to hit the ground he sweep them up clean them away and as people onlookers would go past they go look look at that healthy tree that's so green that's so lush that's going so well look at this gardener number 2 over here well you know what he's got a problem Things are dying on that tree. Gardener number two sat back and pondered, considered, thought about what was going on and wanted to get to the root of the problem. So begin to upturn the soil around it, replacing it with new nutritional soil. He began to apply manure and different other ingredients to make sure that it would be put back into a healthy environment. Begin to continually water it. Over the next couple of weeks, more leaves on the supposedly one that was all green on the outside and immediate actually deteriorated and went south even more. While the other tree, number two, with garden number two, begin to flourish to new life, begin to sprout and become fruitful in an incredible way. See, this is the thing is that when we tend to the soil and we get to the root and we get to the heart of things, when we're in the presence of God and His fire is touching our lives, He's wanting to do something deep on the inside. He doesn't want to just clip off the dead parts and throw them away, look good for a season. He's wanting to do a work that is rich, that is deep, that is going to bear fruit for many, many seasons to come. Can I hear an amen? amen. Can, Petro, can you come up, buddy, and, and bring the anointing? Where's my brother? He's so muscly. (laughs) We see here that point number two is that fire attracts. Fire attracts. We see that we called public church for this very reason, not because we're just open for business with everyone We definitely don't want to be a private, secluded church up there in the Gold Coast. We want to be public and open for everyone. But this is the passage of Scripture that undergirded the heartbeat of what we believe God was wanting to do in our church. And obviously every single church that's on the planet. It says, Matthew 5, 14 to 16 says, God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. And if I, if I make you light bearers, you don't think that I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine, shine. The silversmith, the master, seeing his own reflection in the work of the refinement is so that we can reflect Jesus to a lost and dying world. We shouldn't have to be jeed up. It's an outworking. It's an overflow of the refinement process. God's done heart transformation on the inside. He hasn't just done behaviour modification and trimmed so I look good. Something's happened on the inside. Something's compelling me to share with you. You know this whole fire attraction scenario. Pastor David and Aylin and myself and I are fortunate enough that we oversee a great ministry called Youth Alive that attracts thousands and thousands and thousands of young people. It's probably been outside of local churches collectively, if you add from a parachurch organization, it's probably been the greatest soul-winning mechanism that God has used: organization. We we sort of, it's not the church, but it's the church at work. Because we love the fact that we all just put our labels and our names aside for just a couple of times a year and we sur- surround ourselves with like minded people who are doing one thing and one thing only lifting up the name of Jesus and basically and simply doing what the Word of God says. If you lift up the name of Jesus, He is so attractive, He's so wondrous, He's so amazing. Yeah, we might have some lights, we might have some smoke machines, we might have a band here or there, we might have a funny speaker. But at the end of the day, that's all just peripheral things to the heart of what we're doing with Youth Alive. And that is just simply lifting up the name of Jesus and Him doing what He said He would do. If you do that, I will draw all men. In our lives, how are we lifting up the name of Jesus? You know, the thing is, Yes, we preach on that night, but the vast majority of young people that give their lives to Jesus aren't necessarily the ones we give a free ticket. They're the ones that come with a friend and the friend shared their faith and their friend has lived a life that might not be perfect, but they can see that, you know what? The fire of God lives with him and there's something attractive about this young person that I need to inquire. I need to sniff it out a little bit more. I need, I need, need to go after it. Fire attracts. We've got this road Probably not as bad as the, the freeway car parks that you guys have from time to time, but there's this, it's become a big political issue about who's going to fix up the M1 between Brisbane and the Gold Coast. It is a nightmare. Like I, need, I, actually, I need to respond to my own preaching. I've responded so poorly being caught in that traffic jam. I think I've lost my salvation 15 times. But the one day, Literally, you could see this smoke billowing from kilometres away. It was unbelievable. It was just like, what is going on up there? Then all of a sudden, about 10 k's away from it, we all ground to a halt. Cars parked, everyone got out, scratched their head, what's going on? This thing, I turned around behind me and literally, before you know it, it was peak hour, there was another 10 kilometre line up. The whole thing just shut down. Well, Renee and the kids on the service roads further up, she'd pick them up from school, doing a bit of shopping near the local shop. And she said, you wouldn't believe what you could see. Is this semi-trailer caught on fire, exploded. She said there were thousands of people out of their cars, out of their houses, surrounding to see what on earth was going on. You know, I just see that visual illustration I think about that moment and I think about no one was considering anything else that was going on, but they were utterly obsessed and they were utterly locked onto. There was no other thing that they were thinking about other than getting out of that traffic jam, but they could see the fire and they could see the smoke of that truck on fire. We need to live our lives like that, that our lives are burning so brightly our lives are so much full of the presence of God. Our lives are so much being refined that we're continuing to, to see the image of Jesus outworked within our lives in an incredible way. Fire attracts. Turn to the person next to you and say, fire attracts. My last point is that fire spreads. The fire of what God is doing here, your response to His love, His transformation in your life, the way you're giving is an extension that has been absolutely monumental. That it actually what God is doing amongst you as a people and your generosity shows that you're an incredible community that highly values the presence of God because you don't give that sort of finance by compulsion. You give that because you've had a heart transformation and you know the love of God and His fire in your life and you can't help but touch other people to be attractive but to let the fire spread by your contribution. The incredible thing is, is that we see here Acts chapter 1, verse 6, and then they gathered around Him and asked Him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the place the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and, the, and Samaria, and the very ends of the earth. And after this, after he said this, he was taken up right before their very eyes in a cloud, and he was hidden out of sight. This is the amazing thing right here is that when the Holy Spirit fell, there was a proliferation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There was transformation. We saw Peter who denied Christ three times. Now he's manning up. He's been refined. He's been tweaked. He's sensed the Holy Spirit and the presence of God. Now he's getting up. And it was the very first Youth Alive rally. That day, 3,000 gave their lives to Jesus. In fact, it was more than that because women and children were counted. It could have been up to 6, 7 or 8,000 people right there. On, 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 as the Holy Spirit fell, they stumbled out drunk as they supposed. But filled with the Holy Spirit and with fire, all of a sudden, the fire of God spread. The greatest thing at that time was the kingdom of God spread to the outermost parts of the earth because why? Because people had an encounter with Jesus. The encounter with Jesus was not just for the moment to get saved. We need to continue to be transformed by the fire of God as we keep coming into His presence, as we keep hungering and thirsting, as we keep going after Him, as we allow Him to be malleable within our lives, as we open up and rather than resist the refinement we can be so much more attractive and we can allow the fire to spread through our lives as we allow Him to do that work. You know, the incredible thing, just as I come and into closing, is I have to admit something. I'm ashamed of it. I'm a pyromaniac. Not a literal pyromaniac. I've never burned a building down. But you know what? If there's a campfire, I'm the one who is putting every piece of material that is not bolted down or rooted into the ground. I'm the one who's chopping it down, bring it in to the campfire. Is there anyone else here? I, you know how the sins of the father can fall onto the sins of the son? Well, let's not get into theological debate. My son recently went on camp and he was the instigator of all the campfires. He was ripping down trees that were green and almost putting the fire out. The greenies were going wild. They were like, you don't understand what you're doing. The ocean's going to rise another 20 meters now in the next 50 years because you pulled that tree down. There was this fire... In the '80s, and I remember riding my push bike home, could barely see five meters in front of me. It was Ash Wednesday in the '80s. It was unbelievable. I was in—it was at the base of the Adelaide Hills, and I could see the whole of the Adelaide Hills were like were just smoking and billowing. It, it was incredible. Then, when I hit Year Twelve, we actually did a research about why Ash Wednesday happened at the level that it did. We all jumped on a bus and went to this area called Mount Lofty. And there was this side of a hill where the most amount of casualties of people passed away. And the, 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 um, the, the park ranger, he broke down the science behind why of all the places of all around Australia that were burning on that ash Wednesday, why the most amount of casualties happened right there. He said that the ingredients were absolutely perfect for that catastrophe to happen. He said that the side of the hill, heat rises, so it accelerated up as the fire went through. It was one of the biggest droughts up until that point in time, so all the grass was was dead and dry on the base. You guys know this, you've had bushfires here in Victoria, But on the side of this hill, then there were all this special eucalypt that were evaporating all the eucalyptus oil. So now there was another another flammable ingredient. But on top of that, there was an easterly wind that was sometimes gusting over 100 kilometres an hour directly up the side of that hill. So you had the fire, you had the fuel of the eucalyptus oil, the eucalyptus tree, you had the dry ground, you had the 100 plus kilometre wind, you had the actual hillside, the actual, the side of the hill making the, the fire race up the side of it. It was almost like this perfect storm. And then I'm sorry to say that at the top of that hill, There were some of the most expensive houses in Adelaide and many of them perished on that tragic day. You know, as sad as that story is, there's some things that can be incinerated and can burn in our lives for the good. That's a tragic story, but you know what? We can get the fuel right. We can read the Word of God. We can bask in the presence of God. We can be people that aren't satisfied, that we're hungry, that we go after His presence. We can continue to be a part of a great community that are all pushing in one direction to see the fire of God spread out into our community. This fire of God thing not some mystical thing. It's not just falling down under the power of God. It's actually out working in a tangible way, in very practical ways. There's no big Holy Spirit meetings happening at Pimpamah High School. But I tell you what, there's some fire filled young adults that are sacrificing their time, that have got the ingredients right, that they're going down and sacrificing their time, and God is using them to see a mini revival go on in the state school of the highest needs. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here in this place and you don't know what it is to have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you once walked with Him, but maybe you're away. God loves you, friend. Maybe there's a flicker in your heart, even as we're speaking and even as we're sharing, right from the very first worship song this morning, God was doing something in your heart and He was prompting you to come back to Him or come to Him for the very first time. There's something that is separating us from God. The Bible says all have sinned, all have fallen short of what God's standard is for living. That's every person here in this room. But the, the remedy of that is, is that Jesus actually paid the price to bridge the gap for that falling short. He laid down His life over 2,000 years ago so that you could have a relationship with God, so that you could be assured of eternal life. And so that right now here on this planet today, God can come with His presence, with His fire. He can support, strengthen and help and guide you all through life's ups and downs. You say, Pastor Cameron, if I were to give my life to Jesus and pray a prayer this morning, is that going to make my life perfect? Absolutely not. But what it is setting you on course for is that you're never going to be alone and Jesus is going to walk with you every step of the way and He's going to bring healing and health into your life through the good, the bad, and the tough times. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor Cameron, this morning I want to pray a prayer I want to get my life right with Jesus why don't you lift up your hand right now so I can see it and then you can put it down from the front to the back from the left to the right thank you I see that hand thank you just just leave it up just for a little bit longer just until I see it that'll be great thank you my friend is there anyone else who would join my friend nice and high thank you sweetheart is there anyone else say yep that's me a few people lifted up their hand to say yep I want to pray a prayer thank you thank you I've seen that hand Thank you so much. Thank you. Is there anyone else who would join our friends this morning? Come on. This is a great opportunity for you to right now get your life right with God. He wants to do a great thing in your heart. He's got a great plan. He's got a great purpose for your life. Just as I look across the crowd, just one more time. If that's you, lift up your hand nice and high so I can see it. And then you can put it down. Thank you. Thank you. Someone else has seen that hand. Yes, thank you, ma'am. God bless. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to ask one more time because I love, this is the most important part of this meeting right now. Is people right now giving their lives to Jesus. Is there anyone else, whether you're the youngest person here or the most mature, if that's you and I haven't yet seen your hand or you haven't lifted up yet right now, if that's you, lift it up nice and high so I can see it and then you can pop it down. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. This is what we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer. Those three people that lifted up their hand, it might have been a couple more, but I'm not sure. If that was you, in fact, why don't we all pray this prayer together? Just pop your hand on your heart. God's going to do a massive refinement right now for those few people that lifted up their hand. Repeat this, church, all together, particularly those that lifted up their hand. Repeat this after me. Dear Lord Jesus, this morning I come to you. I accept you as my Lord and Saviour. I thank you that you laid down your life for me but you rose again victorious conquering sin and death transform me from the inside out i want to know your love jesus and i accept it this morning would you guide me would you lead me into the fullness of your truth in jesus name amen amen can we give those few wonderful people a big hand clap Come on, let's give them a big cheer. So good. If you lifted up your hand, there's just a few few things here just to help you with the decision that you just made. Tell someone. You can do one of a few things. You can tell someone. You can join a local church community. If I were you, I'm probably biased. I would join this church community. They'll help you grow in your faith. Be unbelievable. Or number three you can start reading a Bible and we've got one of those Bibles that will be available to you at the Next Steps desk just out there in the foyer. Can we give them a big, big, warm, warm (laughs) congratulations? So good. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.